Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. The Gospel of John was written to prove that Jesus is indeed the Messiah and that those who believe in Him will have eternal life. Now let's join Pastor Brent for our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. That love is evidence. It is evidenced by following Jesus' teachings. This is what I hammered on last week. We can't say we're a follower of Jesus if we ignore where he's going. We can't say that we love Jesus if we ignore his teachings. Are you with me? That love for Jesus is evidenced in our lives by us following Jesus' teaching, by us living in obedience to Jesus' commands. And what is Jesus' commands? In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40, you can write the reference down, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus tells them, he's teaching again, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second, which is equally important, is love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all that it demands of the, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. What is Jesus' commands? That you love God with all that you are, and that you live for God with all that you are, and that you love others more than you love yourself. That's what a truly devoted follower of Christ looks like. Well, Brent, I'll, I'll love God with most of my heart most of myself, but there's times that I'm just going to do something for me, right? I need my me time. And that is not the command of Jesus. And Jesus says, His children, children of God the Father, will follow His commands. I like the way you're looking at me. We live for God with all of ourselves And we love others more than we love ourselves. I've said it often before, but it's worth saying again, that serving God is not about you. If you're living about yourself, you are not... I think I said that too fast because I know your brains are spinning. If you are living about yourself, you are not one of Abraham's children. You are not one of God's children. Not being harsh for harsh sake. Jesus wants us to be clear so that we don't go through life being deceived about where we really stand in light of eternity. The Jews continue to hold their defense that they are not illegitimate children of God, that they are, in fact, descendants of Abraham, even if they do plot murder and sin. They're making an argument that you and I make sometimes. Yes, I am a Christian, even though sometimes I willfully, intentionally seek out to defy the commands of Christ and do what I want and what feeds my flesh. Okay, maybe I'm the only one in this room that's ever done that before. Y'all are looking at me like I'm the heathen and y'all are the saints. It's just what the text is. Number three, here we go. 
I, I set out this morning, told Diane yesterday, I cannot preach long three weeks in a row, so I've got to trim this down. So we're, we're actually doing all right on time. I've only got about an hour left. Number three, children of deception. Actually, we're coming in for a landing or in the next 20 minutes. Verse 43, children of deception. Why can't you understand what I'm saying, Jesus says. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because, Jesus asked a question, he's going to answer it. It's because you can't even hear me. Is he saying that they're deaf? No. It's, the, it's Isaiah, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand. You're going to speak the word of the Lord, but they're not going to be able to hear you. You're going to speak the words of God, but their hearts are not going to be able to absorb it. They don't understand it. They don't comprehend it. You're speaking a different language. Why can't you understand what I'm saying, Jesus says? It's because you can't hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil. Jesus says with all the love and mercy in his voice. <laughs> you are children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. Have you ever shared your faith with a, uh, your faith in Jesus with someone, and they, they listen? They're hearing, they're, they're listening to the words that you're saying. Let me rephrase that. They're, they're listening to the words that you're saying, but you can tell it's not resonating. It's not making sense. It's not finding good ground to grow in, right? They're listening. They're kind about it. They're like, yeah, I hear you. You go to church and, you know, you put God first. And okay, I, I don't know, but I, I have a boat and I'd much rather go to the lake on Sunday. I have other things to do besides serve God. I'll just, you know what? I'm just going to be a good person. How about that? That's what I'll do. I'll just be a good person. And you try to explain them, but there's no good person. All have sinned and are a slave to sin, and you need Jesus to give you the light because you're living in the darkness. And they're just like, I live in the light. I'm fine. I'm good. I see clearly that I have a good life. It seems obvious to you that living for Jesus is freer and a more blessed life than living for your own sin-filled desires. But to the person trapped in the darkness of sin, they don't hear your words, they don't hear the truth of God's Word, and they can't see beyond their own little world. And so they say things like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm a decent person. I, don't, I just don't feel like I need Jesus to live in the light. I don't need to read God's Word. I don't, need to, I don't need to be a follower of Christ because, I mean, society tells us what a good person is, right? Are, are, is your brain working? I didn't say that to be funny. You should gasp. We, oh, man. Even the church, ah, oh, this is shameful. 
even the church relies somewhat, maybe largely, on society to define what is good and what is bad. Shame on us! Well, you know, the government says it's not illegal, so I can do this, and it's no big deal. Oh, sweetheart, you are so lost, so in the dark. To the one person, to the person that's trapped in the darkness of sin, they think that they're fine. That is what's happening with these Jews. They cannot understand what Jesus is saying to them. They cannot hear Jesus when he explains the difference between being a slave and being a son. They can't understand the difference between living in the dark as opposed to living in the light. And it is because they are not children of the light. They are actually children of the dark. Their father really is the devil. They love evil things. They show that in this story by they're already conspiring to commit murder. They're murderers. They hate the truth. When Jesus comes and He speaks the truth, they hate the truth because there's no truth in them. There's no truth in their Father. They lie because that is their character, consistent with their real Father, the Father of lies. Are you, are you thinking Trying to figure out where all this fits in and how it's... Oh, Jesus is drawing a, a really black and white picture of you either follow God and His rules and, and what is right and wrong, or you don't. You follow lies. It's that black and white. At the same time, these people are... While, while, while these Jews are lost in the darkness, they are simultaneously convinced that they are children of God the Father. They are children of deception. They are believing that they belong to God while they actually belong to the devil. Is that does that give you any pause in your soul? That should, that should make us stop. That should make us say, whoa, I need to examine my life in the light of Scripture because I do not want to be the one who is a child of deception. I'm not here to play games with God. I'm not here to keep God as an accessory in my life so that my darkness looks good. No, no, I'm here because I'm serious about serving God. And I sure don't want to be the one who thinks that I'm serving God. And then we come to the finish line and realize we've been running the wrong race. These people believed with all their hearts they were children of God. And Jesus stands before them and says, no, your father is the devil. They think of themselves as followers of God, yet they resist Jesus, they resist the truth, they resist the Word of God, and they're not following the Word of God. They're not believing, and they're not obeying. 
It's kind of the acid test. Whenever we look at our lives and we look at Scripture, if you don't look at Scripture, you can't answer the question because you don't understand the question. But we look into Scripture and we ask the question, am I believing what God is saying? Am I obeying what God is saying? Because if I'm not, then I can't call myself a follower of Christ. Amen, Brent. (laughs) Hear the cricket. Yeah, I know it's not an amening sermon. It's not an amening message. It's a message that should, well, I already said it. It should make us stop in our thinking. It should make us aware that we need to evaluate our souls and that we're incapable of evaluating our souls on our own. But it's kind of like David. He says, he says, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. Because if I search my heart, I find good stuff. I need you to search my heart. And whatever's not clean, you got to point it out to me because I'm totally incapable of finding my own dirt. Carry on, Brent. Verse 45. Jesus says, so when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. It's not even a struggle. It is consistent with their nature. I'm getting off of my notes. We're in trouble now. He says to the Jews, he says, so when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't even believe me because that is their nature. That is their being. That is who they are. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? Because remember, they want to kill him. The only way they can kill him is if they can actually accuse him of a real sin that he's actually committed. So he asked them, which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? They can't. They're liars, just like their father. And since I am telling you the truth, there's the contrast, you guys have to lie about my sin, and I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? I do think, I was being sarcastic earlier, but I really believe with all of my heart that Jesus, with all of the compassion and and energy and urgency, he's telling these people, listen, I want you to know the truth. Why can't you understand the truth? Why don't you believe me? Whenever I tell you the truth, why don't you believe me? Verse 47, anyone who belongs to God, Anyone who belongs to God listens, how? Gladly to the words of God. They're just happy to hear that God speaks to them. They listen to God gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Kind of got to picture this person for a minute. They naturally don't believe when they are presented with the truth of God's Word. It's more than they just don't listen. They just can't comprehend because they don't belong to God. Does that make sense? And it doesn't really fit into our theology because our theology, because society has shaped our theology and our doctrine instead of Scripture, our theology is that God is this big, lovable God He's a big marshmallow. You want something, you ask him. He envelops you. He loves you no matter what. So society says you can live like these Jews. You can lie. 
You can resist Jesus. You can refuse to read the instruction of God's word. And you still get to go to heaven. I do a lot of funerals outside of the church. And I kind of, I enjoy it in the sense that I get to be with people who are standing face to face with their immortality. So they're listening as opposed to us that are standing face to face to lunchtime. Mm. I mean, I'm putting myself in that group too. But it's just always interesting to hear people from outside of a church setting talk about what they believe about God because they often will tell me about how so-and-so lived like a total rebel. They were the, always the most drunk, always the most violent. They were always the most sinful. And they would never say that word. But they will say, you know, they, they were fun because they were always this, they were always that, and they describe all the sinfulness of this person. And then they say, but we know that they're in heaven today. What has happened to the church? What has happened to the saltiness of the church? I've gone from preaching to meddling, by the way. When we can live in a, quote, Christian society and people outside of the church do believe that they will stand in grace before the Christian God when they have lived in sin on this earth. We have communicated them non-verbally or just not communicating at all that God is so merciful that you can hate Him, live against Him, and then He will receive you. There's a world that's living in the dark that's on their way to hell. They're not going to come to a T. They're going to fall off the cliff. There is no mercy at the end of that road. Are, are you hearing? But God's a God of mercy. He is. And the answer is in Jesus. The mercy is in Jesus. If you accept Jesus, you accept God's mercy. You don't accept Jesus. You don't believe in Him. You don't obey Him. There's no mercy. God gives us the instructions to find God. And if you say, I refuse to read the instructions, and then you stand in judgment for your sin, whose fault is that? It's yours. Are you with me? Do you feel desperate? I feel desperate. When we started Desert Heights Church, we kind of counted as best we can, but there's about 53,000 people in the greater Farmington area that don't have a church home. And for me, that was driven by my church family is who I go to whenever I'm in need, and we all have a need at some point in time. That's kind of the carnal, that's the selfish side of it. I want people to live a blessed life. The big eternal picture is, is that 53,000, somewhere around 53,000 people in the greater Farmington area are headed in the darkness off the cliff of unrighteousness. Well, God will save them. No, read your text. Your father is the devil. You'll return to him. If you don't believe and you don't obey, you're on your way to return to Satan. No amens. I hate to make it so black and white because it, at my heart, I'm a people pleaser and I want everybody to go to heaven. I genuinely do. Ask my wife. When we play games, I want everyone to win. But that's not the rules that God gave us. That's not the rules that God gave us. Find your spot in the notes, Brent. Oh, so I'm assuming that because you're here this morning, 
that there's something inside of you that wants to honor God. I'm assuming that the Holy Spirit has already begun to tug at your heart and that you're not sitting here in complete spiritual deafness. I believe that there's a part of you that's already on on your way to believing or you already do believe. And if you are a believer, if you do understand Jesus' teachings, if you do understand the truth of God's word, if you do follow Jesus, this should show you just how merciful God has been to you. It is not a position of arrogance. The church gets mislabeled sometimes because we act this way. Sometimes we're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. No, you are a Christian because Jesus died for you. That's why you're a Christian. Nothing to be arrogant about. Everything to be confident in, nothing to be arrogant about. If you're a believer, you see how merciful God is to those who trust in Him. If you're not a believer, this should show you how much you need Jesus, how much you need the light of the world, how much you need the truth that can truly set you free. Yeah, what do we do? We just lean into God the Father, Lord Let your Holy Spirit transform my heart. If you know those who are not believers, if you are a believer and you know some people who are not believers, then you can see the desperate need for those who are not believers to encounter the true and the living God. You can see how we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest Oh, Brent, somebody will reach them. No, 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 no. People are in dark, headed towards hell. God puts a little light in you to shine, so we should be praying to the Lord of the harvest. Use me, Lord. Use me to sow sow your word of truth into those around me. Use me to be a little light in the dark world. Use me to show others your glory. Use me to help others to come to you. I'm your servant. I'm your vessel. I'm your tool. I'm here. I'll be your hands and feet. I'll be your mouthpiece, whatever it takes. I don't want people who are living in the dark to go to hell. I want them to find Jesus. I desperately want them to find Jesus. So you can see why it's important that you live for the glory of God. It's not just about you. It's about shining God's glory to other people. You can see why it's important for you to live your actions, your obedience to God, that you live in the glory of God, and then to actually verbally share your faith in the Lord Jesus with other people. You can see why it's important to to us as a congregation to broadcast on the radio biblical preaching and teaching. San Juan County, I I don't know about other counties, but I know that San Juan County listens to the radio. It's amazing to me how many people listen to the radio. You guys, we have the internet, but we still listen to the radio. And if that's the, if that's the venue to get the Word of God out to people, then by all means, we're going to put the Word of God out there, hopefully in the, in the ears of, of people that don't know God. And they hear the Word of God, and somebody said it the other day, faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to get the Word of God out there so that people can hear and believe. You can see why it's important for people to hear the preaching of God's Word and to read God's Word for themselves. It's important to, because I was picking on teachers earlier, 
I'll go back to that. It is so important. Listen, we don't have Sunday school as a babysitting program so that you can sit in here and enjoy some fun, right? This is a lot of fun, right? (laughs) This morning is not any fun. No, it's not a babysitting program, teachers. This is a program where we put God's Word into our children, hoping and believing with all of our hearts that the Word of God will go down into their little souls and their heart will be be pointed towards God the Father so that they will believe, they will obey, and they will serve God, they will glorify God, they will go to heaven. That is why we teach Sunday school. That is why I preach every morning, every Sunday morning. That is why we put a premium on the Word of God. That is why I push soap like a drug dealer. (laughs) If I could, I would pay you to read your Bible. But the fact of the matter is, God has offered you eternal life, and that's not enough for some of us. Notes, Brent. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. We don't listen to prove that we are children of God. We don't, we don't listen and read God's Word just to prove that we're, we're, we're children of God. But we do listen so that we can look at our lives and evaluate what is most important in my life. Whenever I evaluate my life, what are my priorities? We do evaluate what is the priority of our time and our efforts, our talents. We do prioritize. We look at Scripture, and then we weigh. In the light of Scripture, what are my priorities? Listen to me carefully. Jesus is making it crystal clear in this this passage. Those who are His children, His followers, they love to learn about Jesus and follow Him in obedience. That does not characterize your life. You really don't have any reason to believe that you are a follower of Christ. However, if God has transformed your mind and your heart's desires, and you do long to know and understand and live His Word, the truth, then you can know that you are without a doubt, you are a true follower of Christ because you believe and you obey. You are a child of God. Does that make sense? It's really not difficult. It's really pretty simple. I probably could have preached this in 10 minutes. We are children of God. Not in arrogance, but in the humility of Jesus. God has shared His mercy with us on you. Do your best. Here's my challenge. Do your best to share the life-giving message of Jesus with others so that they can live in the light as well. We like living in the light. So let's be honest about where we're really at and honest about how we share that light with other people, especially non-believers. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. I'm going to let you be dismissed. Father, we just thank you for your word and for the truth of your word. Lord, you know our hearts. You look down on every one of us this morning, and you know exactly where our hearts are at. You know those that you've given ears to hear and those that do not have ears to hear this morning. Lord, 
I pray with all of my heart that you will send your Holy Spirit to work in people's lives, to give them eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that can understand. Lord, as we follow you, as we follow your Holy Spirit, as we follow up after your Holy Spirit has touched somebody's heart, touched their ears, give us the boldness to speak the truth of your word and lead them by your word towards belief in Jesus Christ. Give us the boldness to not only live a life that, that glorifies you, but to speak the words of the gospel, to tell other people about Jesus Christ and the hope and the mercy and the love that we find in Jesus. Lord, help us to be your tools. Help us to be that light that shines in a dark place that leads other people to Jesus Christ and ultimately to eternal life. Father, refine your Holy Spirit inside of us. Help us to, to put away the sinful things. Let your Holy Spirit search our hearts and find the sinful things and clean them out so that we can stand before your throne as your children and we can shine the light of God before this world as children of the living God. Lord, work in us so that you are glorified. Help us to genuinely lead other people to salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you use us. We are humbled that you use us. Be glorified in all that we do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. on Main Street in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.